The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm here to radiate confidence with Janet Eli. Now, Janet and I met at a class. She was teaching a class on social media, which was really super, and we connected immediately afterward and wanted just to know more about what each of us does. Now, I was really impressed with Janet's story. She's had a very similar type of struggle that I have had on my journey, and I thought it was worth talking about, as well as the other things that Janet has going on in her life with her company Launch for Life. That's launch, the number four, and life.com. And she does a lot of things to help entrepreneurs like me to better their businesses, to be out there more, to streamline the process, et cetera, et cetera. I think we're going to be fast friends. Hi, Janet. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here today with you. This is great, Christy. Oh, well, thank you. Our friendship's off to a great start. I think so, too. (laughs) Well, Janet, you certainly have had an interesting life. Um, You started off in insurance. Yes. Wild. (laughs) Yes. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, I think I'll go into the insurance business. It's one of those that there's some circumstances that comes along that gets you there. So we well, know about fact, that. You fell into it. I did. I did. Yeah. So yeah, tell our, tell our listeners how you fell into that. Well, it was rather interesting. I was living in New York. In fact, I had just moved to New York and with my husband and my three-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had gone to work for an insurance company on Long Island. Uh, Connecticut Mutual was the name. Sure. And I was a brokerage manager assistant. I was young. I was in my 20s. And three months in to the job, Mm -hmm. the brokerage manager left. And I was thinking, okay, well, they're either going to hire somebody or maybe I'm out the door. Right. And all of a sudden, the general agent came up to me and said, Janet, We just like what you're doing. We just think you can do it. And I'm like, I can't be a brokerage manager. I'm not even licensed. 
So he said, that's not an issue, but we see you have the talent, which I thought was pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So he put me through a very rigorous training of making me sit at each person's desk so I would learn all the different facets, you know, the new business, policy owner service, uh, how to run illustrations and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then that was it. They turned it over to me. So up until then, the assistant general agent had been sort of filling in and talking right. to, the, to the brokers. And at that point, they turned it over to me. I went and got my life insurance license in New York. And that was the beginning of my career. I never looked back. And there was probably one other pivotal moment in that that really helped launch my career Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, it could have just been that. But probably, you know, because I was there for a few years until I had my second son. So I was there for like two years before I had my next son. They One day they said we were going to be going through some special training with a machine that was called a Wang computer. This was the beginning of having personal computers other than having those big mother hals, you know, that they'd have in the middle of the office. And then you type in your data and then, you know, your illustration would be coming out the next day. So there was no instant gratification if you wanted an illustration. And it only did a very basic thing. Mm-hmm. So this Wang computer that we were going to get that came with the little five and a, I think it was five and a quarter floppy disk. So, oh my god! Probably some people don't even know what a floppy disk is. <laughs> but anyways, this was even before the three and a half hard ones that we had. And so we were all all the ladies in the office had to go through the training, and I came out the star because I took to it. I embraced it. I saw the value of what this computer was going to do, how it was going to make my mm-hmm. life easier, how it was going to help our office. And so when I was, when all was said and done, they said to me, okay, well, now you're the Wang computer trainer and you have to teach all our agents. So I became okay. not only a relationship manager working with brokers that wanted to do business with our company, but I also became the in-house trainer for our agents. And then from there, my career just sort of took off. Never, oh, never looked back. Crazy. And whoever knew that that's, that the insurance business was really what was the impetus for me creating my career. Right. It was your catalyst. Mm-hmm. It right? was. And yeah. being in the right place at the right time, and then recognizing that opportunity. That I had somebody who saw those talents in me totally. and then wanted to cultivate them and helped mentor me so that I could be better than I even thought I could be. Oh, yeah. Well, you also told me this story when we went to Happy Hour, which um, I think you you noted before we started recording, we need wine for this. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's happy hour time. (laughs) It is happy hour time. Where's my wine? So um, you told me this great story about how you made it into a Tony Robbins seminar, and that was another huge catalyst. Yes, it was. So uh, kind of, uh, I'll try not to make it too long of a story, but basically... Um, I knew who Tony Robbins was. I had Mm -hmm. never attended any of his workshops, but one was coming to town, and one of my friends who, uh, he and I were in a samurai group, so... What? Okay, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I didn't tell you that story. No, you didn't tell me that story. Samurai group? (laughs) We were in a samurai group, so there was a group of us, there was about six of us, I was living in Chicago at the time, and we met every Monday morning at 8.30 for an hour, And we became samurais in the sense that we were rigorous with each other and that what we to do was we would have whatever our goals were for Mm -hmm. the week 
and we would be intentional about them. And you would have to own up whatever goals you didn't do the year, the week before. And you would have to pay $5 for every goal you didn't do. And it went into a kitty that we used there either for ourselves as a, you know, sort of a nice happening, or we would donate it to a charity of our choice. And, you know, and part of being a samurai group is you, you can't lie. So you're not going to come in and say, you know, oh, I, I didn't. Oh, sure. I met my goals when you didn't, because what, what was the point then of being in the group? So it really kept you intentional because you really didn't want to have to come back the next week and say, hey, I owe 20 bucks. Right. So anyways, my friend Marcus was in this group with me, Mm -hmm. and he was all over Tony Robbins. He, like, signed up for, like, the whole suite of Tony Mm -hmm. Robbins programs that they had. Anyways, he he, uh, was going to uh, be part of hosting this Tony Robbins event that was in Chicago, and he needed some people to help with the registration and whatever. So he said to me, hey, would you mind coming and helping me register people on a Friday night? And I said, oh, sure. It wasn't, you know, it was out in the suburbs. So we lived in the suburbs. So it was pretty easy to get to. Mm-hmm. So I spent a couple hours getting everybody registered and everybody was in the room. And then he turned to me and he said, well, why don't you just stay? And I was like, what do you mean stay? Like these people paid like $1,000 to be here right, for this it's weekend. Not cheap. No, it's not. So he said, well, you helped us register. We'd like to give back to you. So you're welcome Wonderful. to stay for the evening if you want to. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's great. I didn't have any other that's plans. Fantastic. So this was the best part of it. On the, the first night that he has his uh, Unleash the Power, which is the one that it was because he's got many programs. This was right. Unleash the Power. He sets you up through the whole evening that at the end, you're going to walk this hot bed of coals. Oh, yeah, right. And, you know, everybody talks about the fire walk with Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. So he prepares you for it. And in the preparation, he makes you do lots of meditations. And he has you try through these exercises, try to figure out what is that one thing, I should say, not two things, one thing that's holding you back from your success. And it's something in here, right? It's not something like, oh, if I go to this training program, I'm. it's right. that one thing. It's something that's inside of it's you. It's the voice of my mother. Yes. It's my lack of confidence, whatever. Yes, yes whatever. And sometimes you don't even know what it is. I was going to say, sometimes you really don't know what is blocking no. you. you know, if you did, you probably could rectify it. Absolutely. And that's the problem. As Tony talks about it, um, it's that somewhere along the way, you've Something happened in your life and you've made a decision about something. Mm-hmm. And now you forgot what that incident was. But now that becomes your modus operandum. Right. So you react to everything you do with that, not even knowing where it came from. So part of the process is kind of going back and finding out what it was and then rewriting the script. So he does a whole exercise where he's like like this helicopter and you go over and hover over your life, and you uncover where the videotape is, and you dig down, you take out the videotape, because that's where you recorded it, right? Exactly. And you put in a new videotape, because you recreate what that story is. Oh, wow. So that's kind of like another exercise that he does, but I just right. thought I'd bring that up. So anyway, so I'm going through this whole process, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, what on earth is keeping me back? I had a good right. job, and raising two kids and everything was great, but I kind of knew I was ambitious of, you know, where I was at this point, but 
I needed to be somewhere else. And what I recognized, which I didn't even know, was that I did not go to university. In fact, I went, I went to college for like two weeks. Oh. And aborted mission. And that's a whole other story. Right. But anyways, I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting married very early, ended up working, and then never got to go back or to go to college because right. I actually did register at one point, got married instead, and never went. And I'd always had this fear that I was working with people who were college-educated. People would talk about, well, what college did you go to? And, oh, are you an alumni? And were you in a sorority? And all these things that bring people together. And I didn't have it. And so I'd always be, like, very cautious and, you know, kind of, I'm not part of that conversation. So, like, oh, how do I kind of, like, not have to be a part of this conversation? I mean, even today, if you have a LinkedIn profile, I'm not complete because I don't have a university degree. So, therefore, my profile is not 100%. It's yeah. awful. And LinkedIn reminds you of that. Yes, it does. And I hate that. <laughs> and it's like, and I don't want to go in and put something that's not true because then somebody might say, oh, come and join our group. <laughs> Can so, you put in like experience or a school of hard doesn't knocks? doesn't count. Or something they like want to know where you, want, where you went to college. Oh, so you can't do that. So in a sense, what I realized was, was that I had this imposter syndrome. And right. I didn't even know that it existed. And I didn't even, certainly didn't know that I owned it. Wow. And that was one of the things that I uncovered at this Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Firewalk. So, 1 o'clock in the morning, we're now walking outside. Thank goodness it wasn't raining. And we're walking outside and there's all these hotbed of coals, several of them, because there's like a thousand people at this event. It's late at night. They got the drums beating. Boom, boom, wow. boom. We all go out. We're all terribly afraid that we're going to burn our feet. Oh, right. Right? But, of course, you don't because it's mind over matter. It's just like, you know, when you would see those gurus that lay on the beds, and, the beds and, of the nails. nails. Mm-hmm. It truly is a mind over matter. And In fact, somebody the next day tried to give me a scientific reason why I didn't burn my feet. And I said, you don't get it. It doesn't even really matter if I could or I couldn't. The thing was, I thought I could burn my feet, and I walked those bed of coals anyway Anyway. because I wanted the transformation so badly I was willing to risk it. And you walk very quickly. You don't dilly-dally. And when you get to the end, they they have a hose for your feet because you're doing it barefoot. And they do have one just in case any coals get in your toes or something like that. But when you cross over, you leave behind your imposter syndrome behind. Like, you no longer own it. So I did this. I go home feeling really jazzed, right? So here's the coup de grace of that whole story. Three months later, uh, so I'm working for an insurance agency and a brokerage manager. I'm funny, really a brokerage manager for real this time, right? (laughs) And I'm working with this broker dealer that's in town in Chicago And I'm working really hard to build a relationship with these people. So the person that is my contact there uh, uh, reaches out to me and said, we're starting a new department and it's going to report to me. And I'm just so enthralled with you. Another person who saw my talents, right? right? And said, I'd like you to come and head up this brand new department and come work for us at this broker dealer. Like, Wow. Wow. Like, holy cow, wow, a lot more money, 
a lot more prestige. I would actually now be a vice president, so I would have an officer title with all sorts of things like stock options and bonuses and all this sort of thing. Only thing is I'd have to travel downtown, but, you know, the kids were old enough now that Mm -hmm. I could make this happen. So I said, wow, okay. So he said, I just need you to send me over your resume. And I said, okay. So I send over my resume, and he calls me up, and he said, well, this doesn't tell me where you went to college. That defining moment, everybody. Right. I, my little imposter syndrome could have kicked in, and I could have gone, okay, well, let me let me just back out of this conversation, and thanks for including yeah. me, and I'm out of sorry here. Sorry for bothering yeah, you. Yeah, sorry for bothering you. But instead, I said to him on the phone, you really want me. You told me you want me. You know I can do this job. You know I can make that a part department shine. You're going to have to find a way to make that not be an issue. Yeah. And he was shocked that I said that. That takes balls. Sure, sure. And I, I didn't even know where those balls came from. But right. there was no more imposter syndrome, so I could say yeah. it. And you know what? A month later, that was my job. Heck yeah. He went to his boss and said, she's fabulous. I want to hire her. And he said, she doesn't have college. And they said, oh, well, you know, the head of our company doesn't have a college degree. And he didn't even know that. But they said, let's interview her. They interviewed me. They fell in love with me. They had, And I headed up the department. From that point on, I was a vice president. Any job I went to. And you know what? Never again did anybody ever ask me where I went to college. I love that story. I love that story because I think college is overrated for a lot of people. I mean, I went to college. I got a, I have a master's as well. And, um, but I don't know that it's really served me. And it doesn't always describe your capabilities. No. Now, granted, I know a lot of people go to college because it teaches them analytical skills and Mm -hmm. that's really good. Um, but then there are some people who go to school and just get a liberal arts degree. And I'm not poo-pooing anybody who went to college because, you know, quite frankly, I wish I could have gone to college because then I think maybe my career would have taken off a little faster. You know, it's possible that it would have. And who knows? Maybe I would have been a lawyer or, you know, right. whatever. I could have been something else that was really good. I'm grateful for where mm-hmm. I am. And But think, too, I had some people, cheerleaders, some male cheerleaders along the way who saw my talents. It was a little bit of luck. It was people seeing my talents that helped me become what I became, which is great. So I'm not poo-pooing college at all. And I think college is appropriate for some people and probably for some people it's not. That's my point. Exactly. For some people, it's just not appropriate. No, people might be better off going to technical school. Right. Absolutely. You know, and learning how to be like, I have a nephew who went to school, to welding school. Mm-hmm. And he's a phenomenal welder. And guess what? He makes really good money. I'm sure he does. You know, so it doesn't mean that if you don't go to college that you're not going to make good money. Absolutely. That is so true. Um, and it's not for everybody. And sometimes you go to college, like I did, and you study something for four years or five years, in my case, and then it turns out you do something completely different. <laughs> yes. Right, um, and I know for for people who take liberal arts, sometimes that is sought after because you you're taught what to think. Exactly, exactly. Right. So that's really, and I that's more that says more about the person 
than right. the degree. Right, right. Right, being able to think and being yeah. curious, being yeah. hungry for more yeah. knowledge and knowing how to organize your thoughts and, sure. and being organized. Sure. So, um, yeah, not, not for everybody. And I just love the part where you said, you know what, you want me. I know I can do this job. I know I'm going to be great. You know I'm going to be great. Make this go away. That's the courage. It, absolutely. That is the courage. I had the courage the to confidence. say that. The confidence. Or the confidence. I right. had the confidence to say that to him. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, today he's still my friend, which is, ama- awesome. which is amazing. Yes. And, um, and, you know, we laugh about that because I think that was life-defining for him, too, because he was always somebody that was very much uh, liked, you know, college and masters, and you know, his wife has a PhD, and and all. So education was always a big thing for him. Right. But at the end of the day, when I did go in and do that job, I did a bang up job. Yeah. And so that was the important thing. I made him look good. He never mm-hmm. had to worry about any of that. And and so now, I have my new business. Right. And you had you took the organizational principles. Yes. You took your your ability to look and an, at a system and analyze it and figure out what's the best way to implement it. What's the best way to, you know, make this really work for the the industry and for the organization. And then you took that and you parlay it into how can you use these tools to make a business more um, profitable. How to market it. How to use all these wonderful tools to make it you know just the best that it can be. Well, so, I, I, if I can say one please. thing, there was some extra confidence that was needed on the day that I decided to quit my corporate job. So tell me that story. Yeah. So that took a lot of confidence and a lot of courage. <laughs> I was close enough to retirement that I could retire and get all my retirement benefits. Because if you just quit, then you would lose you know, your stock options exactly. and all those kinds of things. So I retired in that sense, but I wasn't at retirement age yet. Mm. And I was making excellent income, excellent imagine. income. And my sister, who is my business partner, uh, she and I worked on this for about a year. And so kind of like figuring out how we were going to do this. And so the day that I called up and said, I'm giving, I'm, I'm retiring. And I gave them a month's notice that they would have time to replace me. Mm-hmm. But it was, I had to have the confidence to know that our business was going to be successful, you know, because, you know, we know that small business owners, businesses don't always make it. Right. And to have the confidence that we knew what we were doing that we had the things, we had the talent to be able to help people and that we knew how to build a business, a small business, and because there's a lot of intricate parts, as you know. There's a lot. And you know on. what, and you have to learn a lot of things. And so, and it's funny, just another little Tony Robbins story, if I may. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably about a year before I did this retirement button, Mm-hmm. Uh, we had actually, my sister and I had actually gone to the full Unleash the Power. So we went for the full four days. Right, right. And so we did the whole walking the far coals again. So now we're talking about, let's see, 96, yeah, 
probably 10 years, 15 years, 15 years later, I'm thinking it was. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a long well, time let's see. in between. Let's see. We went, I did it in 95, mm-hmm. the first time in 95, and then I did it in 2013, 14, no, 13, yeah, 14, 2014. 14, so, 15 years. Yeah, so a long time later. So sure. career's grown, right? So I went there because I was unhappy with my corporate life, mm-hmm. and I... Uh, one, I just thought, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to figure out how to rejuvenate myself and be really excited about my corporate job. And what I came <laughs> away with is I can't be empowered to do somebody else's message. I can only be empowered to do my own message. And that gave me the light bulb to go off to say, then maybe I need to create my own business. Yeah, absolutely. And that so conference. it took a year. Right, mm-hmm. to kind of get our ducks in a row. Get your poop in a group. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I'm thankful to Tony Robbins for, for giving me the confidence yeah. to, to be where I am today. I think that's awesome. With a happy life. With a happy life. That's awesome. You know, so many people just do struggle in somebody else's job, somebody else's life, somebody else's business. And I was, I was that person for a long time. Um, I was in publishing and... It just was stressful, and you get to the point where you just don't buy into the this. Some, you don't buy into somebody else's mission can't, anymore. You can't. Yeah, you, you can't. I mean, unless you're the kind of person who's just okay. You want a paycheck, mm-hmm. and you just want to go in and do whatever it is that you want to do. Then that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody who gets sick to your gut. When you have to mm-hmm. do something that you don't really like, and it's you know you can't change it, that that's when you have to maybe make a thought process of changing. It's, it's funny. This morning I heard um, a musician speak at this uh, coffee connection that I go to on oh, Wednesday yeah. mornings, mm-hmm. and he was telling us because he said, "Well, people ask me what do I do for my day job, and it's like, well, this is my day this job, is it. you know." And he gave us a list of all the things he does. He ha- he does something like over five hundred gigs a year that's a lot that's like oh, more wow. than one one a day oh, yeah. so so he was talking about all of that and he said I've tried a day job like working yeah. for somebody else and he said the most I could ever do it for was a year he said I was miserable I was unhappy so I just needed to be my own man he said but and I thought this was the key thing he said I look at my music as a business I don't run it like I'm a musician though I am a musician he said I run it like a business. That makes all the difference mm-hmm. because, because you're going to invest in it a lot more. I mean, as a healer, I could run it as a healer, and I know a lot of people who do that. And it just kind of, oh, I'm just uh, listening to the universe. I'm floating along and right. doing like this. But no, it's a <coughs> business. If we want to be making money at it and paying our bills, we've got to treat it as such professionally. Right. Well, I always tell our clients, uh, because I say your product or service, whatever it is that you're selling to mm-hmm. the public, is probably about 20 or 25 percent of your business. The other 20 or the other 80, 75 to 80 percent of your business is marketing. Yep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I've been in classes where people <coughs> will me. say, uh, well, what are you selling? And, you know, folks will raise their hands while I'm selling widgets, <laughs> selling cars. And right. Cars. But no, you're selling yourself. Sure. 
right? You know, this is Christy Clemens Hoffman healing. Um, so I'm, I'm, yes, it's Reiki and it's hypnosis and it's mediumship. It's all these things, but really it's me mm-hmm. and all the people who are working for themselves. They've got to be in the place where they're comfortable selling themselves. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Right? And so, you know, you were talking about the imposter syndrome. I call it having a fraud in your throat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Which I seem to have right now, so excuse me for a second. No, please, please, please. Where it takes some courage after a while to say, I'm a professional musician. Mm -hmm. I am a healer. I am a freelance writer. Whatever Mm -hmm. it is, it takes a little bit of courage sometimes to do that. Mm -hmm. So you said that you had kind of a fraud in your throat. Mm-hmm. and imposter syndrome where do you think that came from for you oh going back and saying yeah. what was that defining moment yeah mm-hmm. that's a good question am i stumping you yeah i think you are stumping me and that's probably the point christy yeah i don't know where it came from and if i hadn't have had that experience i would never have known that about myself right Right, because it seemed like you were unaware. I was totally unaware. Right. Of somewhere, obviously, during my life, you know, mm-hmm. and I've lived in many places, um, you know, and who knows, maybe that was a contributor to it. I mean, I've lived in three countries. I've lived in 14 cities. Yeah. Um, always having to reinvent yourself when you move to a new location. Right. I mean, even when I was seven years old and I moved to Toronto from England, you know, everybody was laughing at me because I had this cute little English accent. But back then, the kids didn't think it was a cute little English accent. Right. They, so I quickly learned how to get rid of it mm-hmm. because people didn't look up to me as like, like children didn't look to me and say, oh, isn't she awesome? They right. were like, you don't fit in. Right. You don't fit in. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I had an imposter syndrome even when I was back there that I wasn't acting Canadian. You know, I was acting British. Oh, isn't that funny? You know, so it could have gone way back then. Because I always kind of thought of myself as a confident child. I mean, I've always been an extrovert. I mean, even as a kid. And uh, Aren't you a Leo? Not a Libra. You're a Libra. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> Which is another issue because we're always balancing. We're never, we're never even, but we're always balancing always ourselves. Always trying to right, justify right. and balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, so every time we moved, every time we did something else, I was right. always having to join and in a way always felt like an outsider. And so sometimes maybe you create your own self, you know, imposter. Right. Because you just... You don't know how to fit in properly. 
I think that's a very, very good point, especially for kids who move around a lot. Oh, and then my parents got divorced when I was 13. So so you add that on top of it, because back then, being the child, like being from a broken home, you know, was not cool. And, you know, so you had that to deal with other kids. Well, and then you throw in that I was the kid who saw ghosts. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that was not okay in Overland Park, Kansas, in the suburbs. Right, no, so no. we all have these things that set us apart and make us different. You know, there's a little girl in my Sunday school class, and she decided that she was going to change her name. And I said, "Well, it's a you've got a beautiful name, and the name you want to change to is a beautiful name. Why are you, why are you doing that, though? I'm just curious." And she said, "Well, because the kids are making fun of my name, so I want to change it." And I said, "Oh, honey, they're going to find something to make fun of you about." That's you've just got one a, thing. That's just one thing. It's like whack a mole. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to change to be somebody that you're not. You try to change your name, for goodness sake. So, see me, you try to change who you are. Mm-hmm. But somebody's always going to find some way to make you feel little or feel less than or feel like right. you're not part of the the rest of the group, right? So, you've got to have confidence. Like so you've got to have confidence. You've got to have confidence like the Sound of Music song, you know, with Julie Andrews. I oh, have you- confidence in you. <laughs> Right, another song you don't know. I need to watch that movie again. Yes, you do. Absolutely. I actually put that song in a blog article. I love it. You know, and put all the lyrics in there and then had a little audio to the, or a little link to the audio. (laughs) Because I think when people are feeling, you know, sad about themselves, which is what she was talking about in The Sound of Music, Mm -hmm. Maria, was that you got to have confidence in you. And that's. Sing that song to yourself if you're Absolutely. feeling not confident. you got to create your own confidence. And that's what I was wanting to get to is because I always love to go back to the essence. Like how can we, cre- we create that essence? How can we, if we feel like we don't have the courage, how do we tap into it? If we don't feel like we don't have confidence, mm-hmm. how do we tap into it? So we're here to talk about confidence. What do, where do you think that comes from? Well, it's interesting you say that because I was uh, mentoring somebody this morning who said she had an imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And what she's trying to do in her business is incredible. And it's just, it's she, I mean, she's just so into it and trying to put it all together, kind of running like, you know, crazy, yeah. like, you know, dancing as fast as she can, trying to put every organization around everything. She's got some kids and trying to get everything to work. And I said to her, what you need to be doing is thinking about, stop with the me. Mm-hmm. Take the me out of it. What you need to be looking at is, what are you delivering? Think about yes. the difference that you're going to make in people's lives with what you do, mm-hmm. how you transform their lives. If you had decided not to do this, what would people's lives be like? And... She said, that's right. I need to write that down. I said, no, don't just write it down. Put it on your bathroom mirror and remind yourself every single day that you're here with a mission, with a vision. You have a destiny that you have to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that video went viral a few years ago, the little girl on her bathroom uh, vanity? And she's giving herself her self-talk. It's like, I love my school. I love my family. I love my teachers. Everything's good. Um, 
sometimes it, when we feel like we've got that imposter syndrome, that feels a little out of reach. But when we see how we serve people, yes, I feel like that's, that's your validation. We, it that's is. your validation. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get over it. Like if I go back to that insurance, you know, to the broker dealer, right. when I went to run the insurance department, you know, I impacted lives. The people yes. that, that worked for me, like, cause I had staff, the revenue to the firm, mm-hmm. to other people that we had partnerships with, like insurance companies right. and their people, how I created income for our financial advisors and for these insurance experts that would work with them, plus our company. I made a difference at that company, and that's what I had to keep in mind every single day. Right, absolutely. That... Um, the, the, that was the bigger picture. Yes. Right? Yes, and yeah. so having that, um, you know, for me, it's spirituality. Just knowing that there is something greater than myself that I am part of, mm-hmm. you know, and that being God for me. And um, just knowing that it's not just me. That it's something much, much, much bigger. Mm-hmm. And I think when we when we tie in with our mission, with our mm-hmm. um, with our greater good, and we're in service, that's when we really connect with who we are. I did a little Facebook Live video the other day. It was inspired by I visited a BNI group, and somebody was speaking at this BNI group and had two spoons, held up a like a regular spoon, like a dinner spoon, and said, "What is this for?" Of course, some smartass said, it's "For ice cream." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that too, but it's for eating. And then he held up a Big spoon, really big spoon, said, what is this for? It's for serving. It's like, why do you think it's so much bigger than the other spoon? Because we're supposed to be serving, right? right? Right. And so we know how we fit into the world and that what we're delivering is priceless. What we're Mm -hmm. delivering is much more than, I remember when I was, one of my first jobs, I was selling shoes at a place where it was like Joyce Selby or something like that. They made orthopedic type of shoes. And it really touched me. It's like I'm providing people with shoes who they we were known for having all these different sizes and things that actually fit. And I said, I'm making people comfortable and really mm-hmm. happy and it's stylish. And so just touching in with that, that greater purpose, that bigger power, which I think perhaps now even you get to see more of because mm-hmm. you're directly working with the people and making an impact in their business. Mm-hmm. In their life. So let's um, maybe switch gears a little bit. And so why don't you talk now about how you do serve right now, what what you do to serve others in your business. Oh, okay. Yeah. So And help uh, them ha- radiate confidence. Yeah. So first of all, we love working with our clients. We love, we love, we love making their businesses successful Mm -hmm. because that's really what our business is all about is helping them make their business successful. So again, Mm -hmm. we're serving Mm -hmm. and trying to create a difference in that regard. Mm -hmm. We have all sorts of clients that come to us. They're all small business owners. So let me just set that. That's, that's, yeah, that's our avatar as we call it. So, so we work with small business owners uh, we have a variety of different types. We have realtors. We have insurance agents. We even have an intuitive. Besides me? Besides you. Wow. And cool. she, um, so we, uh, we, we serve her and then, you know, a bunch of other ones that we have. Um, a lot of insurance people, but that's probably because of my background. But, you know, we have some, right. we have some other types as well. But 
they're, the reason that they come to us is because they're stuck. They know they want to get from here to here, but they're not really sure of the process to get there. Right. And there are a lot of moving parts to online marketing, which is where we it's are involved. Like whack-a-mole. Just when you think that you've got it figured out, it changes. The algorithms change. Google does something to, or they have the the privacy, the new privacy thing in in Europe. Yes. Oh yeah, G- GDPR, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, for your email marketing. Yes, yes, and so there's always it's always changing, and right. always, uh, and then there's new tools all the time. Right. You know? right. 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 So we have some people that struggle with technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of that is teaching them maybe some programs that will help automate their business. Fantastic. So maybe they need to have a, a place where people could come onto their website and book an appointment, pay for it, mm-hmm. and then show up. So Because we also deal with people who are like authors or other coaches. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, So we coach sure. other coaches. So mm-hmm. it can be that, or maybe they... Uh, want an email marketing program, but they don't know how to put it together. Right. Or our newest thing is is that, you know, we're talking about when you're on social media, how do you get people's attention? Right. And so we decided that we wanted to help people get more visible with the public. So we've actually started creating videos for people. Yeah, they're great. Yes. The content's wonderful. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, they don't have time to make a video, nor do they want to make a video. And they don't know how to edit it. it, And they don't know all the different parts. They would, and unless they're going to be doing videos all the time, Mm -hmm. it's better off if they just hire somebody to do them one off. You know, maybe they only need two or three a year. It's easier and simpler because we own the programs. They're never going to do that. And plus, we can create them for them with our creative mind because they might not say, like, we, it's kind of like when somebody wants a website and you say, well, what do you want on it? And they go, well, I don't know. So, by the way, we used to do websites. We don't do that anymore because we found it too labor intensive. But we will consult with somebody if they want to build a website, they consult with us first. So we help them design it. Oh, like right. what kind of content, well, what right. kind of graphics and all. What do you so want when, it to do? Yeah, so when you go to right. your web designer and a technician, you've got, we give them a to-do list, a right. checklist of all the things that they're going to need. What's your call to action? What's your message? Right. You know, all the things that are important and making sure that it's SEO friendly. So mm-hmm. that's another area that we help people with is we will coach them on SEO. So how do I get found on Google? So there's a few things that you need to know in order to do that. So we do things like that. But sometimes, too, it's just helping you with a business strategy. So like we have one client who's always trading time for dollars. Mm -hmm. And she said, I can't do any more of this. She said, yeah. I only have so many hours in the day, right. and I need to get off this merry-go-round, right. this hamster wheel, right. and I need to figure out another way to make income so that I can have more free time, because there were some other things she wanted to do. She wanted to build some online courses. She wanted to write a book, but she didn't have the time, because she exactly. was trading time for dollars with her coaching. So what we did was we created something else for her, we took some of her products mm-hmm. and we put them up on a a site, 
uh, actually, it's a Selfi site, which is it's kind of like a, a digital. It's called a Selfi site. So S E L L F Y dot com. Oh. So we actually um, created it for her, you know, and it's it's already there. So all you have to do is just upload everything. Mm-hmm. But now she's got people buying her right. mini products, right? Mini products on this site. And she's now freeing, as it's growing in revenue, Mm -hmm. it's starting to free her from doing less coaching sessions so that she can then pursue building her online course. Because the goal is she wants to be making money while she sleeps. Yeah. And that's her goal. So we're helping her with that. So our consulting, we kind of coach people with, we'll help you with a business strategy. Mm So, and then we'll show you how to do it. And then if there are some things, we'll do it for you. We're not going to do everything, but we can do some things for you. Right. But, the, but we're going to take you from, maybe you have an idea, but you just don't know. It's still abstract. And you just right. don't know how to create a strategy. And then what are the tactical implications in order to put it together? And that's what we do. And here's our tagline. We do everything in baby steps. Mm-hmm. Teach you in baby steps and make online marketing easy peasy. Yes, easy peasy. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed the class. It had so many uh, great tips about all the social media and um, just stuff that we could implement right away. And, and that was one of the things because right. remember I said, don't try to do everything. Mm-hmm. Pick one. Where is your client? Where are you most comfortable? Start with that one. Don't try to do three or four social media platforms all at one, and then be lousy at them all. Right. Pick one. Get really good at it. Get your confidence going. Then work on the next one. And that's everything in your marketing. Do this well. Move on to the next. If you have to have somebody do a little bit of it to you till you catch up to it, exactly. you do that. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure that that whole process is in place. Right. Absolutely. And it really does boost your confidence when you start putting the stuff out there and people are engaging with it, they're commenting, they're letting you know that they made an impact. It really is a a wonderful thing. And people sometimes, um, you know, diss social media or they are are down on it. But I tell you, it's a great way to get your message across. It's a great way to interact with people and, and inform them as to what you do. People are going to be Googling. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, I forget the stat, I think it's about 4.5 million, because I mentioned it yesterday, 4.5 million Googles every minute. Oh, yes. Every minute. Every oh, yes. minute. Or maybe it was more, but it was a lot. It was in the millions, four or five millions. And the point is, if people are Googling a specific thing, and you know that you can help them with that, Yeah and you're not found, that's a missed opportunity. Yes. So you, if you don't have social media, people are not going to find you. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook pages. Instagram. They show, they mm-hmm. show up. Mm-hmm. They show up. And if you're nowhere there, then they're not going to know you exist. Like your website may not be enough for people mm-hmm. to find you. I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, you mentioned Google. I have a really good friend who works for Google. And I went to go visit one of their offices. Uh, I think it was in Boulder. 
and there was a, this sign in the lobby, and it was just flashing constantly all of these words. And I said, well, what the heck is that? And there was, this was Google, these were Google searches that people were doing in real time, searching for everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, are they finding us? I don't know. So, you know, we boost our, our chances of getting found that way. Another thing about Google was this company is, I mean, it's Google. This is top of the line. This is the cream of the crop. The people mm-hmm. who work there are, you know, the best of the best. And he said, imposter syndrome is very strong there still. I said, oh, really? Yeah. And that's the first time I had ever heard of imposter syndrome was that he was telling me about that. I said, well, what's it like working at Google with all these brilliant people? Do you feel like you measure up? And he said, imposter syndrome is rampant, which surprised me. This is this is true for everybody. I think we all, I mean, we're humans, right? Mm-hmm. And we have human personalities and human lives, and we're all this kid inside, even though we've, we're grown and even mm-hmm. though we've had accomplishments. Um, okay, I'm going to geek out just only slightly, but we call that soul retrieval. You know, whenever we've had mm-hmm. a shock, somebody's made fun of us, we've been embarrassed, a part of our soul breaks off and just stays there at that five-year-old level. Sure. And so... Any other time that we run into shame or embarrassment, we, we immediately go there. So all of us have a little bit of a stuck in those moments where we're not confident. And this is so much more common than we know. So you look at the most confident people that you can imagine and just know that they're still scared inside. Oh, sure. Well, and I had that when I first got divorced and I had two children, two young children. And I was afraid, believe it or not, I was afraid to take my kids out to a museum or to a zoo because I felt like I was a broken person. And that we, if we weren't a husband and a wife taking our kids out, I mean, how awful is that? And now when I think back on it, I mean, I really wish I could like re, you know, pause, rewind, replay, Mm -hmm. because there were some golden moments that I could have enjoyed with my my boys that I didn't have because I was afraid to go out and take them to the darn zoo. I mean, just like how sad that was. And so we missed out on a lot of things because I didn't feel confident after, like, I felt I was, you know, not good and you know, all those insecurities that one may have when one gets divorced and how are people going to perceive you. And I used all of that to to influence the way I created a story around it that was not true. Mm -hmm. But for me, it felt true at the time. Mm -hmm. Now I look back and I go, oh, my gosh, what the heck was I thinking? And I can't get back that time. But that's okay. That was... That was what happened, and we need to be at peace with it, you know? Well, uh, so now I do stuff with them now. Yes, you do. And, you and, and I have a brand new four-month-old granddaughter that I am telling you, I will always be there with her. I'm That's never, amazing. you know, I don't have to have my husband with me. Exactly. <laughs> I have a new husband now. And he can be with me or he doesn't have to be with me, but I'm going to be with that but little you're girl. Be with her. And those parents can just disappear if they want. <laughs> they would love that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I remember when my folks got divorced when I was 10, in fact, a um, long time ago. My folks got divorced. And at that time, it just completely rocked my world. It was devastating. But when, then when I got older, 
was going through things in my own life as an adult, I realized that, you know what? We only ever do what we think is right at the time. I mean, we only, we do what we think is best at any given moment, given what we have and given what we know. So boy, that takes a lot of pressure off. When we realize does, that everybody's just doing what they think is best and right. Well, but I see this sometimes with our clients where they're reluctant to commit to things. Mm. Like they know they don't like it. They don't like yeah. where they're at. But getting us to have a behavior change in them to commit to what they need to do with their business is sometimes very challenging. Mm-hmm. And we know what they need to do. Right. And we try to instill in them that. But they have to want to make the changes. And, you know, that's sometimes I can't give them the confidence right. to make those choices. Right. But. You know, we try and do our best to get them there, but sometimes I feel it's really difficult because, you know, we we see that light for them at the end of the tunnel, yes. and sometimes they're so in the tunnel, you know, they just can't see the light, and I feel bad. But for those that do see the light, right. you know, then we, we can create music together, and yeah. we can make their businesses sing. And then it's a win-win for all of us because we win when they win. Mm-hmm. They don't win, we don't win. Right, because they're going to tell people what a great job you did for them, and they're going to recommend well, you. And we just feel bad if it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. you know, we feel, because we really care mm-hmm. about our clients, and we, you know, we kind it's of that get sense of mission. It does, and so if you, you know, like we had one person once who could not get over the technology part. Like it mm. didn't matter what we tried with him. We just could not get him to get past the technology and got stuck with it. And like, oh, all well, I've built a website, but now what do I do with it? And it was like, did, needed to learn some technology skills in order. It's kind of like social media. Like when somebody says to you, well, I don't like Facebook. Well, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. If you if you if you feel like it's important to your business, you're just going to have to get over yourself, and you're just going to have to learn it. It's not rocket science. You can learn it. So, I always tell my customers or my clients is that you've got to be committed to the outcome, and you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And that's yeah. kind of like if you want to do a 5K race, you got to go out there and run every day to do it. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to do a 5K race if you just decide to do it today. You're not going to succeed. You're not going to finish. You've got to put in the work. So you got to figure out what what do I not? You got to be committed. You do. If yeah. you're committed, we can get you there. That's yeah. our job. We'll get you there. Yeah. But we can't make you be committed. You have to have your own internal commitment, and you've right. got to have the confidence that we're going to get there. Because exactly. we're we're going to get you there. But you got to have that confidence that you, what you need to do for us to get there. So we can do our part, but you got to do your part. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to be teaching a class in a few weeks. Um, by the time that this podcast goes live, it may be out. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm teaching a class October 17th about finding your voice and how to ta- how do you tap into that confidence, right? Um, and so we it's still in the writing stages, but. The plan is to identify someone who's got confidence, that speaks in public, that speaks their voice, that speaks, speaks up and is brave and is confident to do so, and we tap into their consciousness. And then we go back and identify where it was that we lost our, lost mm. our confidence. 
and then go back and oh, try to... Oh, like I don't know. Right? Like I, like, right, exactly. Yeah. So we go back... I better come to your class. Like, come to my class. You have no problem speaking in public, but uh, <laughs> we can all learn something from that. Anyway, I think that's something that even if we don't have the confidence, we can, we can learn how to fake it until we make it. I do believe that. Just if we can see that light at the end of the tunnel and figure out how to get to where we're going, the confidence I do firmly believe will follow. I agree. Yeah. Just sing that song. What is that song again? Um, oh, gosh, I wish I knew it all. From the sound of music. Yes, I, I'll have confidence in <laughs> me. Then just do 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 I can't remember all the words, but... That's Tack awesome. it on to the end of this podcast. There you go. I'll put a link to the YouTube <laughs> yes. or something like that. There you go. That's fantastic. All right. Well, before we sign off, anything else that you think is important to mention that maybe we didn't cover? I don't know. We did a pretty good job we of talking. We did a talk. job. I think we did. I think we talked about a lot of, covered a lot of territory. A lot of so I just want to say thank you for having me. This was Absolutely. really fun to have this conversation. Yeah. And, and I hope that it's meaningful for anybody out there and, and if anybody needs my help, I'll help them. Fantastic. <laughs> Tell them to come see me. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Thank you, Jana Eli. Launch for Life, launch the number four, life.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.